Hello and welcome to Hidden Cube Podcast, a place where you can listen to reviews of art shows, interviews with established and upcoming artists, and finding opportunities to participate in the art scene. My name is Daniel Johnson, and today my co-host is Jeffrey Hampshire. Uh, this week's episode is something really fun and interesting. We actually got to go up to the Utah Museum of Contemporary Art. And Mocha for short. We're going to talk about uh, a show that I saw online on the, the museum's website. And it's by an artist named Ji Yong Lee Lodge. And the title of the show is Waterman Changing One. Interesting kind of digital drawings that uh, are framed in the gallery. And we picked some of our favorites to talk about today. Uh, but let's go ahead and see a little bit about the artist info. Yeah, Lee Lodge, this the show that is currently up is at Umoka that we mentioned earlier. It's in the exit gallery and it's currently up until October 23rd, 2021. So if you have the opportunity after hearing this podcast, go ahead and go check out the show yourself before October 23rd. I want to read a little poem that is included in the artist statement at the gallery. I cannot go out, so I sit in the room. The window that I access the world through is my phone screen, which also confines me. The information I see in it, true and false, floods my world. My belief system changes fast as I try to form myself in this sea. It spins so rapidly, though, that I feel frozen. Waterman Changing One is part of an ongoing series by Lee Lodge that explores displacement, anxiety, and isolation in relationship to the COVID-19 pandemic. Over the past year, Lee Lodge, like countless others, has been confined to her house, experiencing absolute solitude and loneliness in the space meant to provide comfort. Her access to the outside world was mediated through a screen, or as she calls it, a digital window that acted as both a means of connection and a source of alienation. This window opens to the excess noise of opposing ideas, the gut of images, information, the deluge of likes, dislikes, arts, emojis, and the exhausting cacophony of what Bo Burnham calls anything and everything of all the time. The window, though, also acts as a wave that crashes completely covering the Lee Lodge's figures, masking their faces and their forms, overtaking them. The liquid is constantly in flux, as are the emotional states of the figures. Lee Lodge plays out this duality in her compositions using dramatic, strong contrasts between light and dark, and a technique dating back to the Renaissance called chiaroscuro. I think the word is pronounced chiaroscura. Her works also draw on early 1980s video game landscapes and color palettes and take influence from both Roy Lichtenstein's bit mapping and flatness, as well as Edward Hopper's social isolation and existentialism. After all the reading that we did, the intro to the Lodge's work, uh, when you walk into the exit gallery, there is seven large prints up on view. I think most of them are in a horizontal view. And I think there is one that is a, uh, I guess, landscape versus portrait view. Right. Uh, these prints are uh, graphic in nature, not in a graphic way, violence 
wise, but in a graphic way, like comic books where you have the, the points across the surface of it, um, that create like this, uh, radiant color across the form. Right. Like the, the C Y M K color palette. <laughs> so when you see these images, they have high contrast between black and white, and then they have bright colors that are often used in like you have bright blues and a vibrant white, uh, very, uh, vibrant purple that contrasts against that, those yellows that are in there as well as pink and other purples. Um, it's really kind of a comic book look to it. And that's why I go back to Roy Lichtenstein, um, and the, the use of those dots in those images. Um, there is one painting that stands out that we'll talk about a little bit later, but just understand that these images are digital paintings printed out. So if you look close enough, you can see like a pixelation that occurs. And I think that relates really well with the focus of the screen being the window that she's looking through at this time that is related to COVID-19. And I think all of us can relate to just the experience of entertainment through other sources besides like going outside all the time. I don't know. We kind of got past this stage a little bit, but there might be a little fear that this could occur again. It's it's interesting to see uh, when I first looked up this this show and thought that I wanted to see it uh, was the fact that it's contemporary, it's current, and the fact that when I looked at the images, even online, I I felt like a power, um, almost kind of influencing me to where it's like. This is this is kind of where we're at right now as as artists and, and society and, and even just hearing my peers talk about how it has affected them and, and reading through that artist statement, seeing about how in, in, in what struck me the most was how she is at home. And like she said, it is a place where you should feel safe. It is a place where you should feel comfort. Yet. What she was feeling during this whole time was this isolation, this anxiety, even depression. And I think about my experience as well during in COVID to where you had to social distance from friends. And, and sometimes that was a struggle to where the social life um, really did die out. And there was this aloneness, this, this isolation. And so I, I totally understand how, how she is an artist kind of felt not that I can understand her a hundred percent, but in a way I had a similar experience to where maybe I can't do art as well as she has portraying this experience that she's gone through. Some of the common like imagery among all of these prints, there are figures in each of these prints and every figure is obscured or covered by waveforms. And I think that relates to that pressure of anxiety, the, the feeling of being flooded or surrounded. They're covering the face. It looks like in most of these prints, the, the hands and feet are exposed, um, interacting with different, uh, in different ways. But the whole head, the face features, the, the upper body is covered in this waveform that obscures the whole form. And I think to me that starts to put pressure on like how would it feel like being inside of that wave or being pushed around like that and so when you look at these images you kind of may experience that same feeling and maybe some of those covid during covid19 when it first came out those anxieties 
are portrayed well in these, in these prints. I agree. The first one that was one of my favorites, and it's the first one hanging as you enter in the gallery on the on the left hand side, um, is called Waterman Awakening Number Four, and this this image is just a bed on the left hand side in perspective, um, coming towards the corner of the frame, and this individual that is sitting on the bed with their their knees and, and legs off the side of it. Uh, and their hands in their lap, uh, which is looking at uh, some sort of device, but yet this great wave torso and head that is just looking down as if it's hunched over like a natural waveform uh, crashing almost. And in the background, you see a, a beautiful yellow wall with a purple um, magenta suitcase in front of it. And I think about how when COVID hit and all of these things were starting to, to come into play, people had these desires to go and travel and, and live their life like they normally had. But yet all of a sudden now this travel was halted, borders were closed, things of that nature would really make you awake, like, you know, wake up that day and be like, I can't do the thing that I had planned since, um, Whenever my family had planned a cruise for, and we were going to go on a cruise and yeah, that was canceled. And so this one I think is really, really relatable to my experience and why I think this one was one of my favorites is that it, it truly emphasized something that I felt and, and something that she probably felt as well. I'm just soaking it in. In this image, the wave really appears to have a lot of force and it almost looks like it could fill the entire room it's just barely starting to like kind of arc up and crash over i just like the attention to the wave detail and the energy that it's forcing or has versus the the form of the body that we can see looks kind of like you would look really disappointed that something fell fell through and maybe that's just getting back to what you were talking about like plans being canceled the position of this body really is like slunched over looking down at the phone in disappointment yeah this this piece really is a stunning piece and i think you know as we talk about that disappointment and you know the the rising up of this anxiety and and the crashing and leads into another painting or another digital drawing um that's located fifth in the room it's actually on uh the third wall so as you walk in look left there's two two digital drawings there and you'll go to the next wall there's two more digital drawings and there, this gallery is called the exit gallery because they actually have emergency exit doors in there. And I think that's kind of a fun little touch. Um, but this piece is located to the left of those uh, emergency exit doors. You know, that is actually a really fun touch because when you think of kind of this, the theme of this show um, and not feeling like you could escape, the emergency doors are like, do not use the alarm will sound unless it's an emergency. This is uh, this feels the same way like you're just faced with a choice and it's just interesting to have the emergency doors in comparison with these images where you feel like you can't can't escape 
Um, so the next image we wanted to emphasize is Waterman falling number three. Uh, to describe this image, there are three main colors or four main colors. There's a figure at the bottom of this image that is on hands and knees, again, covered in that wave form. And then in the middle of a pink surrounding is a waterfall that's colored with a purple and blue texture that's falling right onto the figure. And then surrounding everything is a really bright pink um, kind of border that is in a U shape on this portrait style print. And then in, within that pink area, what's kind of different about this piece is you see etched into it with white um, a tree landscape. You see a lot of aspen trees in the background, which I kind of found really interesting related to the other pieces that feel kind of flat um, inside structure. This one has a lot of texture and is describing an outside environment. I really love the way that the figure is incorporated in this image. Um, it is just one of those moments where you feel the person or the figure is just physically exhausted and is just pushing against this waterfall in almost a, a push-up like manner and just understanding that this this main waterfall and the main focus of it crashing down onto the figure um is just the overwhelmingness of of what happened um during the past year and the overwhelmingness and, and maybe even the resilience of of the individual pushing through pushing upwards um in this waterfall this, this constant changing of emotions something that is different like you said this uh, person's the water as it is chaotic and almost rapid like is in this u-shape like it is it's pushing back against this waterfall and it's creating this energy of water colliding with water or water colliding with the figure uh, as far as the pink um, kind of background goes there is those silhouetted type um, uh, shapes and environment that play a really nice background and give a good relief to the other digital images that are in the room as like you said the other ones are are places inside whereas this one is more interpretive as something that you look at and understand that it is the figure we are focusing on what this figure is feeling emotionally physically and how it can relate to ourselves, especially as um, as we go through this these uncertain times. So just relating it back to the pandemic, I feel like, at least in my experience, a lot of people saw outside as a, like a rescue or refuge from what they were experiencing on the inside. That could be this this kind of surrounding that feels calming to look at on the side of this tension in this middle of the piece might relate to that, that kind of seeking for nature, seeking for some kind of peace when you can get it. Um, so I agree with you. I find that the outside pink area with these aspen trees is a calm area that you can rest your eyes on where the middle has all this tension of this water falling onto a figure that's arched with more water that's surrounding it. 
will probably repeat water quite a bit. <laughs> like I said, uh, as an artist, I like to think of water as chaotic and I, I totally relate to this artist in that way to where water is a symbol for, for something that can feel overwhelming. Especially in the way that it's rendered here. Like we mentioned, just the, they have white caps on all these kind of wave like structures. And that, that is really what's showing the aggression of this water, that chaos that you're mentioning. Yeah. So the next piece is called Waterman windows. And this piece is, is kind of fun to look at because there are actually two figures involved in this piece. And I didn't notice it at first. At first I thought one was a reflection of the other. However, in this window, um, the scene is set with a figure uh, with this water wave um, just kind of exploding towards a laptop with a yellow screen. Um, the figure is seated. And then in the middle ground, you are seeing a window, just a rectangular opening that leads to another brick wall, we'll say, behind that and then a smaller opening where you see another window with a figure on a cell phone or a smaller electronic device and it's interesting to see how this environment this urban environment i i haven't had this experience to where i have neighbors that you could potentially reach your arm out and give a high five um, but yet these two figures in their chaos and isolation and, and loneliness are seeking this refuge through electronic devices and looking for maybe even um, companionship or conversation or things through these devices. Um, it really gives a lot of interpretation to whether these individuals are actually messaging each other or if, you know, they're messaging somebody else, family um, relationships, uh, friends, uh, things like that. So this piece really to me is, is interesting too, to where I think of a lot of my friends who were like, this is the perfect time for me because I could sit down and play video games. And nobody gave, you know, any cares in the world about me because this is what I wanted to do. Whereas beforehand it's like, Hey, there's a world out there. There's people to meet things to do. And you, you shouldn't just be sitting down on playing video games or things like that, but you should actually be doing something. And so this distance that's created by the technology, but also the situation in the environment is an interesting kind of dilemma that we, we have to move forward from now. I think our social interactions have been impacted by the pandemic. Um, I think we'll talk a lot about personal experience because approaching this work, like we're bringing our own experiences to it, but I saw a lot of family. So certain, certain relationships got strengthened while certain other relationships kind of uh, weakened. I just want to talk about the composition of this, this piece as well. Uh, you mentioned maybe they're kind of messaging each other, um, but maybe not. There is a play with the composition where these two figures are on screens and we know that these screens can interact with anyone in the world. But when you look at how they're positioned, the windows are open to each other. They can see each other but they're facing back to back. They're facing two opposite directions. I just think that's a nice play to show that there's like a connection that has happened during this time. There's also a disconnect socially with certain aspects. And I think we're relearning um, how to interact with people again. It's tough. Like, for instance, I don't know whether to hug or 
shake hands, fist bump, or do nothing with people at this time. Um, I guess it depends on what you're comfortable with. But I just think that interaction and the play with the figure's position in this piece really goes back to our social interactions. One of the other pieces touch, touches on it a little bit, but um, in the artist statement, how she talked about how sometimes like through this digital kind of connection that people are looking for those likes or those hearts and, and validation through electronic means and, and things like that. And it, when you are alone and in the house and you're not having that social interaction and even when it is like social interaction, but clumsy at best, you know, yeah. when it's like, it's, it's still there and real. Whereas sometimes it's, it's hard to distinguish through a digital media, um, how real something can be in a way, um, moving from there, just interesting to see how society has kind of taken a turn. Um, I mean, a lot of stores are closing a, a lot sooner and, and things like that. The mask mandates to where you had to wear masks when you went shopping for goods or things like that and enjoying your favorite restaurants or other fun things that you like to do with the family or, or with a special someone are, is a little bit different. Um, and I think that's kind of demonstrated in this next painting called Alone in America. So Alone in America is very much related to, I believe it's Edward Hopper's painting. I think it's titled Nighthawks, but it's a, a painting referencing a cafe corner that has only a few figures in it. This is Edward Hopper's again that I'm talking about. Um, and you see through the glass window, you see a bartender serving a woman in a red dress, a man in a suit and hat, and then a man facing away from the viewer. We only see the back. So there's four figures in this, but it does look very isolated and singled out. And in this uh, last painting, what was the title again? Alone in America. Alone in America only has once again a figure, a single figure covered in that wave pattern and no one to tend to. So it almost looks like it's the um, same figure that was like the bartender in Edward Hopper's painting. Um, everything is really similar to that painting. And I think it's interesting to emphasize the isolation that's occurring both in Edward Hopper's originally. And then just to reference that again, once more with Lee Lodge's work, one of the main differences is that we start seeing a wave, not on a figure entering the scene from the bottom left of this painting, almost like it's going to flood this street, flood this corner cafe or bar. It just really feels alone, but it's the most painterly like print that we see in the show. I agree. The the lighting, the probably the source material that she was looking at of Edward Hopper's painting um, and things like that really did play an influence to where it creates a scene. It creates an environment that um, is different in comparison to the other ones instead of the straight edged kind of lines and the the very nice clean look of it this is in indeed very painterly with curved lines and and it's not straight or geometric per se but it's organic in nature and i i do like how you reference that wave kind of just hinted at in the, in the bottom left corner just kind of flooding the streets you could imagine 
and and maybe even with this individual behind the bar that is feeling this and this anxiety of maybe being a small business owner or a small restaurant owner that uh, is starting to feel the pressures of of what's going on and because of this wave resembling anxiety or, or other things like that um i can only imagine how that wave affects right now and will affect in the future kind of these small businesses and and people that might have only had a few customers in the beginning but now um are starting to regain what was lost over the last year and i just love the lighting of how she did this piece in comparison to edward hopper's because in edward hopper's it's a lot brighter it's not as um, contrasty uh, but in her piece, there's a lot of shadow. There is a lot of deep darks in comparison to the high contrast of the lights. Whereas, uh, and something to note is that this corner cafe in Edward Hopper's has Phillies written above. And um, whereas in Lee Lodge's digital drawing, it has America written on the cafe. I mean, this whole show feels pretty heavy as far as content because. We're still currently living in a pandemic. We've experienced a lot of change that no one was really prepared for. I think the timing of this show is an interesting time. It's still currently up, like we mentioned. We are kind of in the middle of it, kind of have gotten used to certain changes, but still may not know what can change ahead of us. So I I definitely agree with what you're talking about, the wave, how it's played. I think it's a really a good use of kind of a symbol um, in this whole show, how it can feel like tension and how it can feel um, that it's flooding areas and how we just don't know what's quite going to happen. So I think it's a it's a great show that everyone, all our listeners should go see. Like I said before, it's currently up until October 23rd. The opinions that we share today, of course, are only our own opinions. And like we mentioned, we are bringing our own experience to this show. But it's such a global kind of experience right now that I think it would be interesting for anyone to go see this and uh, respond to it yourself. I agree. It, it, it was a fantastic show and it really does beat my initial anticipation for it. Honestly, in a way, being a heavy topic per se with the pandemic, it does bring me a little bit of relief to see that we are dealing with it in our ways creatively and otherwise that there is hope and we can move forward. And I just, again, like Jeffrey said, I highly suggest that you go and and see it in person just to experience the full um, extent of the size of these digital drawings hanging on the wall that you can confront them and feel what their, their meanings are to you. We would like to thank the Utah Museum of Contemporary Art for allowing us the opportunity to come and see the show Waterman Changing One by Lee Lodge. If you would like to learn more about the upcoming shows, the current shows, and any other activities that the museum is putting on, please visit utahmoca.org. That is utahmoca.org. Dot org.
Jeffrey and I would also like to extend a big thanks to Sam Everett for his talents and being willing to help us get the first few episodes of the podcast recorded and edited. We look forward to the fun things that are coming in his future and wish him the best of luck. Thank you. And we look forward to seeing you on our next episode on October 14th.